What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 110. Here with my guy, Bretton. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. The transfer market is heating up. The UEFA Nations League is upon us. The, the UEFA Euro qualifiers are upon us. The Gold Cups. We got so much to talk about here. Um, but I don't think I'm any better uh, or can be any better than Speed is at this moment. But we'll talk about him later. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Portugal's winning non-stop, as it seems. Yes, we played. We faced against Luxembourg, Liechtenstein, and Bosnia. But I'm happy. No goals suffered in those three games. But we'll be talking mm. more about Portugal forwards. But before mm. we get to it, do not forget to like this video. Let's get to the more than 100 likes. Let's go, people. Yep. Go bold. And in the comment section, we'll be answering your comments, too. But, woof transfers you mentioned and boy oh boy this this summer is going to be real madrid transfers window in my opinion i can see the mind games all over all over the news and real madrid have the number nine number nine still unknown the number seven with vinicius jr the 11 with rodrigo and the number five iconic jersey with jude bellingham that is so Right, Jude Bellingham is gonna make history. This is the story that will be that will be told in 20, 30 years. That's a bold prediction of mine. An Englishman that chased his dream in football since the age of 17 at Birmingham. 16. Am I right in his yeah. debut, Breton? With the number Absolutely. 22. Oh. Absolutely. And and that number 22 has since been retired at Birmingham City. So yeah, Jude Bellingham making a mark. Wherever he goes, the next stop is going to have to be the Bernabeu. Um, but yeah, he's one of a handful of Englishmen um, to ever pull on the Real Madrid, the the uh, storied Real Madrid and historic Real Madrid jersey. And it's going to be really interesting how well he uh, he settles in. But I I'm going to say it right now. I mean, I know you've got the specs on it. I know you've got the, the cost. It's over $100 million, right? It's the 13th. I believe you said most expensive transfer of all time. Um, and Jude Bellingham, I think this cost to them and them not necessarily signing a nine mm -hmm. after Benzema's exit is, is a huge misstep. Is a huge misstep if they are seriously going to wait it out for a year uh, to see if they can <laughs> bring a certain somebody in. But Joselu, yes, I believe is his name, or Joselu, 33 years old, is their nine solution, their number nine solution for the coming year. Uh, and it seems to me that they're not going to do anything else. And I'm going to say that's that's a misstep. I mean, they can get, you know, they'll they'll survive, right? They've got their midfield core set for years know, and years Brent. and years to come. I don't know. But Yosalu, man. Oh, know. you don't know? I, Mbappe. Mbappe. Yeah. The, the, the play is on the table right now. Mbappe said this in his French camp. Yeah. He said, many things can happen in one year. Especially, especially at PSG. Mbappe mm -hmm. said this. And that especially ain't a good one. Ain't a good one. Messi's leaving. Oh. Neymar's leaving. Remus is leaving. Verratti could possibly le be leaving. A lot mm -hmm. of players on the go. So that especially might be referring to that. I really think Mbappe, he's playing his cards the right way right oh. now. He He's saying he wants... Mbappe is saying he wants to stay at PSG the next season. But guaranteed, every other 
season after that, it's Real Madrid. And he surely wouldn't mind to go to Real Madrid this summer. Florentino and Perez must be planning that. It will be embarrassing for Florentino Perez if he doesn't manage to get the Mbappé deal ha happening, which I don't think will be the case. And you mentioned no. Joselu. Joselu yeah. is a huge upgrade for Mariano Diaz. He will cost oh. Real Madrid the loan fee, 500000 And if they want, the buy option mm -hmm. is $1.5 million after the season. Masterclass deal by Florentino Perez, which he even scored for the Spanish national team. All that, $2 million. He did. $2 million. He That's did. a bargain. After... I believe after suffering relegation, right, with Espanyol. Uh, so he hasn't had the, the best go of it. I mean, he still scores. It doesn't matter what team he's in. I'm I'm not knocking Yosalu, but the guy has been with eight teams since he left Real Madrid the first time in 2012. Uh, so it is kind of a coming home in that respect, and I think he wants to score some goals in a Real Madrid shirt. Uh, but... It, it is it is an interesting tactic here, and and I think if pe for people that don't know out there who haven't, or maybe your head has been under a rock, um, <laughs> the owners of PSG really do have a, a conundrum. Mm -hmm. um, if you want value, you know, 150, 200 million plus, whatever you're asking for an Mbappe, um, you're, you're going to have to do something now. You're going to have to do okay. something soon. Um, and the issue is, is if it was any other ownership group than PSG's ownership group, we'd probably be talking about there's a 99.9% degree of certainty that Kylian Mbappe will leave. <laughs> but because it is the ownership group that it is, I don't think burning a few dollars, and obviously it's a lot of dollars, um, matters to them. I think, I think Mbappe does stay this year. I honestly do. I really, I think it, I think it happens. I think we might, are we in agreement that that's going to happen? I don't, or I, do don't you think think? It, I don't think it happens though, Breton. I think Mbappe oh, is going this summer. I think, it, you know why? It's the policy of transfers. I feel like yeah. PSG is attacking this market in a very different way. They've got Milan Skriniar. Mm. They've got Sherendur mm. on a free. They've, they've, mm. they've got an Ugart. That Ugart Vitinha yeah. will do damage in Ligue 1. It's really good level. And let's see the manager, Luis Enrique, with Ugart yeah. and Vitinha would be bold. Sherendur being bought out. Milan Skriniar, that was another player that came. And there's another uh, Asensio. Kang and Lee. Kang and Lee, too. Uh, Kang and Lee. Kang and Lee. Yeah. Yes, youngster, too. Which he one step back to go two steps forward. And now signing for PSG. Sure. That was the right move. Mm. That That's a great, that's a great mention. It, it it is, but it just it. I don't know if there if there is one ownership group to kind of spite this whole mm. deal that happened. I believe it is this one that could hold him there until his contract's up, and then hey, you get rid of him the way you get rid of him. But I, I just, they're not they're not the type that necessarily needs the money, it's, right? Um. So I when it comes when it comes down to it, because I I, I I think PSG will not be the focus of Qatar investments in the next three, four years. I think they will mm. be maybe getting acquiring Man United and maybe okay. acquiring a bit of Barcelona. A lot of news are sitting on Ooh. that. But I really believe Qatar will be investing boldly in another team other than PSG because it won't work out in League uh, Man United being the favorites for that, being the main investment. Even Mbappe, Mbappe to Man United. If Qatar go, if the tar the Qatar takeover takeover happens, I don't reckon that's the case. Mbappe's yeah. intention well, is clear: is to be a Galactico, 
to win a Ballon d'Or. Because mm. if Holland wins the Ballon d'Or, Europeans rebel. I'm not going to go against that. Understanding Lionel Messi too in the contention, but that would put Mbappe really cross. That's his competition yep. for the Ballon d'Or in the future. Erling Holland. <laughs> and, and you know who is a sure sure and you know who is a actual winner in this whole potential mbappe capture is endrick um if he can think of it that way because endrick uh finding his way to real madrid at some point um and and learning under the auspices of literally one of the greats right killing mbappe at this moment in time i that that would just be absolutely ridiculous along with his compatriots uh vinny jr and uh rodrigo um so absolutely ridiculous um possibilities there at real madrid and i know we all are looking forward to what could be a potential well we don't need to go on to this yet but it could be a potential endrick versus vitor roque uh, at Barcelona for years and years, for decades to come. But before we go there, the whole PSG thing is just absolutely ridiculous. I, the, the clear out, the quickness of the clear out. Let's be honest, Neymar hasn't left yet, right? Neymar hasn't left yet. He's, he's not gone. He's not gone as, as it stands. So there's still quite a bit of movement that needs to happen but it feels like that clear out is coming as you mentioned that 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 change in policy which to be honest i thought that change in transfer policy was going to happen with galtier because galtier is not mr like hey give me your like you know who could have done really well with this trio with mbappe with neymar and with messi who louise and louise enrique Nah, I don't. Luis Enrique could have. He plays. Why? He's not a. He's not a builder. I can, he's never necessarily been a builder. It's because of the ball possession type football with Barca, yeah, with Spain. I think when when PSG now thinks of Luis Enrique, is thinking the midfield talent we have: Vitinha, Zaire, mm -hmm. Emery, Ugart. With yep. uh, a coach like Luis Enrique, that would work out very well. I I, I kind of understand where you're coming from with Galtier in a rebuild stance. With Luis Kempf, yeah. that worked out very well at Lille. And at Nice, it was a rebuild too. But Galtier would never work when he has to manage. Manage a locker room with three huge personalities like world-class players. Neymar, Messi and Mbappe. It clearly right. didn't work but out in terms of that. In terms of that. I, I, I agree. Which makes, which makes the board idiots for signing him in the first place. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Makes them idiots for signing. That's their fault, not Galtier's fault. Galtier... Exactly. I, 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 you know, he failed. I, I'm going to, you know, mea culpa there. I thought he actually was going to step up um, with it. But at the same time, uh, Luis Enrique wasn't available. He was not available over the last several years, unless you were going to pry him away during a World Cup uh, prep, True. right, for, for Spain. And um, when it comes down to it, the, the issue is, is from a club perspective, Luis Enrique doesn't really have, like, building on his resume, right? So there's no necessary guarantee. I agree he's a phenomenal manager. But there's no necessary guarantee um, that you know this is this is Barcelona redux, right? Where I think he won he won a Champions League, he won a couple La Liga titles, um, but ultimately uh, he's also had issues with the locker room. Mm -hmm. He has, right? And he didn't do really well at blooding, giving good opportunities um, to no. to La Masia talents when he was at Barcelona previously. You had like Sandro Ramirez, and you had I don't know who's the other guy, uh, uh, Rafinha. Well. Right, Luis Enrique signs yeah. for PSG. Sergio Ramos yeah. is, is goes. He's leaving. We already know <laughs> Sergio Ramos is gonna leave. But given the fact that Luis Enrique's the manager, that's like right. that, <laughs> factual. But it's factual. Right. Sergio Ramos is gonna <laughs> leave. But given 
that Mbappe is even saying, especially anything can happen at PSG. Like, Real Madrid shows that good management is a fact yeah. with them. In the mm -hmm. last six seasons, in terms of sales, Real Madrid has done 678 million. When it's not working, Real Madrid make the tough call. And after losing that 4-0 to Man mm -hmm. City, it's a total rebuild. Mbappe is coming. Jude Bellingham is already there. And guarantees are going to come now with Florentino Perez. I wanted to say that. Mm -hmm. Wanted to say that, but yeah. woo, you said you said well, well, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Well, no. Just one last thing, because with Real Madrid, there is somebody that was in the running managerially to to actually be at the head of PSG. I think we were all thinking it was going to be Julian Nagelsmann at the head of PSG at one point in time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it seems to me, I, I don't know what's going on here, but Nagelsmann goes into uh, conversations with Chelsea, boom, pulls out. Goes into conversations with Tottenham, boom, pulls out. Goes into conversations with PSG, Nagelsmann pulls out. So it, it seems to me like if you're if you're going to talk about uh, the stewardship of Real Madrid, uh, Julian Nagelsmann is waiting until 2024, no? And Carlo Ancelotti possibly steps down as Real Madrid boss? Why doesn't Ancelotti go now to Brazil? <laughs> I don't know. That I don't Look, know. I, don't I know. think if Ancelotti leaves Real Madrid, yeah. the two favorites are Julian Nagelsmann, if he's available, and the other manager mm -hmm. must be Zidane. He won three Champions Leagues in a row at Real Madrid. Never has been done in the history of this yeah. game. And if Mbappe is there, if Mbappe is at Real Madrid with Jude Bellingham, Camavinga, Fede Valverde, Chouameni, this young core, Zidane Oof. is the man to, ch to change this Champions yeah. League destiny against Man City. Because Mbappe yeah. needs that. Mbappe needs that. But, ooh, that's a bold mention with Nagelsmann. Who do you believe we'll will be the manager of Real Madrid if Ancelotti leaves? Put down below in the Real Madrid talk. But Barcelona. We got to mention yep. Barcelona. Barcelona, you say Vitor Roque. Best thing yep. that Xavi's doing in the beginning of the transfer window is getting the wingers sorted at, Real, at, at Barcelona. Xavi sure. Ball needs new wingers and Vitor Roque is a great solution. 35 million plus 10 in variables is a bargain for the potential of this player. Vitor Roque, Alejandro Balde, Pedri, Gavi, Ronald Reus, Conde, so many youngsters and the future of Barca against Real Madrid. That is ball two. Mm -hmm. I'm going to mm -hmm. lean on this Barca youth with Xavi because I, I just think the consistency is going to go through. But very interesting. <laughs> very, very interesting well, move. <laughs> It's more it's more cost efficient to do so, right? <laughs> That's for dang sure. Uh, and yes, if you if you're gonna be revamping the wings, you can still get a pretty penny, I think, for Rafinha, for Ferran Torres, if you're letting him go, which I thought he was already on the cusp of leaving. Mm -hmm. uh, but we'll see if it actually happens. But um, no, I mean it's it's a great first move uh, on the chessboard uh, in the transfer window for Barcelona. But they're gonna need some outgoings to match that. Um, and, uh, there, there's just, there's just so much, um, mm -hmm. that needs to be done, I think still right with Barcelona. Don't yes, you, don't the, you think so for them to be a champions league winner? The big question again? is the pivot because Guardiola yeah. era was marked with Sergio Busquets. The Xavi era mm -hmm. needs to be marked now with a different CDM, but if they manage yep. to sort it through with Frankie de Jong, Gavi and Pedri being the starting three. I don't know mm -hmm. if that will work out. I still believe they have to get a CDM. I really believe so. But 
Breton, the next three years, yeah. who would you pick? Uh -huh. Pedri, Gavi, Frankie, or Jude, Camavinga, and Fede Valverde? Ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh. You're, you're killing me with this. This is, you know, <clears throat> here's the thing. There's no guarantee that Jude, Kamavinga, and Chouameni are actually going to gel as well no, as we I want them to. No, I didn't say Valverde. Kamavinga, um, oh, Valverde, Valverde, Valverde. Got Dolan it, got it. I'm sorry. Pedro, I, Gavi, no. Frankie. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I really love the chemistry between Gavi, Pedri, and, and the young. Um, I think on paper, it should be Real Madrid's trio. Um, but I think as of right now, and I'm swallowing not necessarily my pride here because I am fans of them. Uh, I just think that the chemistry uh, and and the the understanding of how Xavi wants to play um, is fully there um, and will be. So if I'm going near term, I'm going to say Barcelona. If I'm going long term, I'm I'm probably going to say at some point Real Madrid's midfield will overtake Barcelona's. But as of right now, Barca's got the take for me. Ooh. I, I, my take on that is Pedri. I think next season, yeah. Pedri at Barcelona will solidify himself as definitely a top three midfielder in the world. I'm going to go yeah. bold and say that because the competition is Jude Bellingham. And El Clasico yeah. is gaining, gaining importance with Pedri against Jude, with Camavinga against Gavi, with Frankie against Valverde, and Vitor Roque against Hendrik. A lot of yeah. players going against each other. Real Madrid and Barca need that need that so yeah. much but you mentioned the it's... pivot role and we had news yeah. this is bold news <laughs> in the transfer window 55 million for Rubenevic this is George wow. Minch masterclass and the biggest winners yeah. in this deal is Wolves Wolves <laughs> one year left in his contract and they get 55 million euros mad That's... seal mad that is madness if you if you wanted more proof that this Saudi uh, talent pool is very similar to the Chinese uh, Super League talent pool of 2020, uh, 2012, I believe it was. Uh, Ruben Neves going for that amount uh, is, is that. Now, Neves is still 26 years old, mm -hmm. right? So this actually is they're grabbing a very talented individual still uh, in or around the peak of his playing uh, career. Uh, and it's actually a great grab for the Saudi League. Uh, but at the same time, if, if anyone... I don't care, but like any team is offered that amount <laughs> with one year left on your contract, you take that and you run all the way to the bank with that money. <laughs> you run all the way to the bank with that money because Wolves are making out like Lopetegui is probably just like sipping on a Mai Tai right now, just like foaming at the mouth, wondering what you like, what we can do with that money. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but... And it, it, Neves was leaving anyway. He was gone. He was gone. I think so. So it, 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 it's huge. And the news huge. was always Barca. But as it seems, Barca yeah. aren't going to take the risk of getting Rubanevs. Uh, <laughs> it was 30 million one year and his contract left. So I think Barca must be considering another player that maybe it's Gabri mm. Vega, maybe Zubi Mendy's deals is progressing well. Kimish. Well, I, yeah. I don't know. I think Kimish is going to stay at Bayern. But they're definitely yeah. thinking about the CDM as in that position, and Rubanev was not. Was not. And for yeah. Rubanev, he must have been like, it's Barca or money. <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah. But again, I don't know the, how much money is he going to receive. I don't know the influence that, that's going to have in his life. I hope it was the best decision for Rubanev. And I hope he keeps going yeah. both for us Portuguese because he's twenty. Well, you know, it, it's probably that Jorge, it's probably that Jorge Mendes receives like what forty five million of that fifty five plus. No, just kidding. I, I I think it it 
I am a little bummed mm-hmm. to see Ruben Neves at 26 years old um, go somewhere where he's not going to necessarily have the visibility. Yes, I know Cristiano Ronaldo is there. Yes, I know Kareem Benzema is there. Uh, but I, I think, mm, tell me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. as a Portuguese supporter, I think you'd rather have Ruben Neves playing uh, in, in one of the most challenging spaces uh, at 26 years old, more so than having him... Um, it's it's a life it's a life altering cash grab for Ruben Neves, but you probably would have liked to have seen that done maybe I don't know after the next World Cup, and not heading into 2026. So I'm with you that it's like massive, um, but at at the same time, if if they're gonna keep doing it, um, my goodness, I, I'm trying to think of like older older like I don't know, send Ferran Torres for Barcelona. They could probably get ninety million for Ferran Torres. You send him to Saudi Arabia well, if he if he'd accept, you know. I, 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 uh, but what do you that. think Wolves does with this, right? What do you think Wolves does with this money? Gets a striker. That's kind of the bigger question. Gets a striker. Gets yeah. a striker. But that's who? that's the most important thing. They must get a striker when Fabio Silva is yeah. going to leave and when Jimenez in the past. They should have gotten before. Like, since Jimenez got injured, the striker should have been yeah. there. But tell us, people, huh. your Barca opinions in the comment section below. Who will be the CDM that Barca gets if it's not Rubenev? Tell us in the mm-hmm. comment section down below. But we, yes. Premier League, though, like, I, I before we oh. get to the Premier League, I just want to mention yes. here, Kimmich is going to stay at Bayern Munich, as it seems. Yes. And he's going to stay because behind him, behind Kimmich, mm-hmm. we're going to have mm-hmm. the, one of the best center-back duos in the world, 100%. Matthias Delict and Minche <laughs> Kim. Mad yeah. did these two players work transferred from Serie A. From Serie A yeah. to Bayern Munich. That is scary scenes, Minjay Kim and Delict. With Upamecano, with Kimish in front of them. Oh, Moro. It's, it's huge. And and yeah, Upamecano, I'm glad you mentioned him there in the end. Because I don't know, maybe they play with three center backs in the future. Um, And I like that's depth. That is depth all across the board. But Bayern does still need some work on that roster. But Kimish staying is an absolute coup. It's it's absolutely massive for them. I thought it was time uh, for Joshua Kimmich to to kind of go into find greener pastures or at least a new challenge. Um, but you know, Thomas Mueller has shown previously that you don't necessarily need to leave the club um, to go on and have one of the most successful careers in German footballing history. Uh, but listen, yeah, uh, Minje Minje Kim leaving, um, a great great coup for Bayern Munich. Really, really sad and unfortunate. For Napoli. It really is. Now, I get you're going to get some money, right? But not as much as you probably would on the open market because it seems to me that come July, there is this release clause that is going to allow them to get him for a decent amount, assuming somebody else does not come back in with a higher contract negotiation. But what it comes down to is Napoli, after winning their first Scudetto since Maradona times, is going, they've already lost Spalletti. He's gone. They've already, they're going to lose their top center back. They're really likely going to lose Victor Osimen. There's probably no, going to be a... Um, I'm not with you You don't that. think so? I think Osimen might be staying. I think uh, Osimen might I, be staying. Might. I, would look at their, I would look at their replacement uh, for Spalletti, and I'd say, Osimen, get out of there. Take the money. I don't think Rudy Garcia, Garcia is the guy. I don't think he's the guy that should be leading Napoli into the next, you know, three years, or at least into the next... 
campaign uh, to to defend your Scudetto. Um, but at, at the same time, right now I'm losing. Uh, I, I'm I got sadness. I've got tears welling in my eyes at what was the Napoli project, and and there's only been really two exits, two massive exits, and that is going to be Minje Kim and Spalletti. But Rudy Garcia, like you, you honestly think he's the guy to take Napoli to whatever? I would get Sergio uh, Garcia, like, but they have to pay an 18 yeah. million release clause to get Sergio Garcia. You're gonna have the you're so, gonna have the money. Rudy Garcia, I understand, I understand, but I have a suggestion. I have a suggestion. Yeah. If Victor Azime leaves that I again, again I'm I'm still a skeptical on that because Hamsik stayed a long time, Insigne, Mertens, Kolibali stayed a long time. And if they have no release clause, if Minche came out no release clause, he would have stayed a long time. I believe yeah. if Ozime leaves Napoli, Napoli should get Taremi and Otavio from Porto. A double scoop. Otavio is an all-around perfect midfielder that is Portuguese national team caliber with a release clause of 40 million. And Taremi has mm -hmm. one year contract left and he has 42 goal involvements this season. Back-to-back hat-tricks for Iran in this international break. Taremi. Yeah. He's underrated. I like he's it. Underrated. I like it. So I, I like it. I mean, he's a little... He's, they yeah, would sorry, pay like sorry. 60 million for those two players. And Victor Rosime yeah. is going to leave if he leaves... Napoli for more than 100 million guaranteed. I think it'll be more than 130. I think it'll yeah. be like 130, 150 million. So that's which, which obviously think. narrows down the clubs that he would be able to even go to. And it's just whether or not they decide to pull that trigger this summer, um, you know, when it comes down to it. But um, yeah, well, unfortunately, if they go out and they, they spend it on Otavio and they spend it on um, and Taremi, which I think is a great shout. Um, they still need to address that center back. Now, Romani and, and their their defense, their depth of defense was not necessarily terrible. Like they've got they've got some defense and I think they can step it up. Um, but what what it comes down to is is I I am just so sad that that it's it feels like it's over before it began. I wanted to see Napoli kind of uh make a run at doing it. It's really hard to do it in Serie A, although Juventus found a way. I think um, I think Napoli Rudy project... Garcia couldn't even win the Saudi League with Cristiano Ronaldo. No, but <laughs> but he but supposedly he was doing better before he arrived. <laughs> but, ah no, supposedly interesting. Hearing you say that. I know, I know. Allegedly, right? But, exactly, um, exactly. But no, but like Rudy Garcia hasn't really done anything in ten plus see. years. Well let's see. I, okay? I think it's That's Spalletti too was big hate beforehand. Yeah. He he hadn't won in a ton of years too. And what happens, the Laurentis yeah. manages to make this happen. I think Napoli is still a question mark in my opinion, and I want to see how Flash they attack the, the market. If they keep, if yeah. Napoli keeps Ozime, Lobotka, Kvishakvaratskelia, like that's a win for me. Those three, those three. But I think it'll be highly unlikely. Put down below if you believe in what we're saying about Napoli, Bayern Munich, and if you want more transfers suggestions like we did with Taremi and Otav, you yep. tell us in the comment section below. But Premier League transfers. Woo! The yes. Premier League. Now, this is time to spend big bucks. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen a lot of news on Newcastle still. Arsenal, I see only Declan Rice that it must happen. Arsenal must sign Declan Rice, especially if Thomas oh. Partey is leaving. That deal must happen after the Saliba and the Saka extensions, which is unreal. Trust that, the youth that with Arteta. That's an affront, though, sir, because mm. it's not just Declan Rice in the airwaves. Mm. It is also 
Kai Havertz. And I'm oh. here to tell you, I am here to tell you that if they actually land Kai Havertz, I think it's a good one. I think it's a great, great, great signing if they go for Kai Havertz. You know why? Mm. Because the rest of the striker market as it stands, especially a striker that is pretty versatile and can can come back and <laughs> has had a really tough time at Chelsea, Kai Havertz is the only one that is somewhat decently priced. The whole other the whole rest of the striker market is absolutely what's a nice like way a to put this. I like it's Kai absolutely crap. the right. striker. I that's when he was at Leverkusen. I don't think he's right. like the matador. He's a false nine type yeah. striker. Do you think that will work out with Arteta? I do. I, I do. I, I From versatility, uh, from the ability, like tactical flexibility, definitely from depth. I mean, Ga uh, Gabby Jesus does come back. He doesn't just stay up top, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he does come back. Whereas you got Eddie Enketia, you would still have him, uh, especially for this Champions League campaign. You've got Enketia, who's more an out-and-out -out nine that stays where he's at, right? He doesn't come back at all. Mm -hmm. So you've got Gabby Jesus, you've got Havertz, who can actually dip into center mid. I, I really, really like uh kai havertz to arsenal and i hope arteta gets it over the line especially when you consider the rest of the strikers and how much they would cost out there when their their primary goal is as you mentioned previously declan rice or midfield right the midfield so i really want it to happen because the other thing that havertz gives you that he doesn't get enough credit for is he wins aerial duels he's all over the place he's strong in the air yeah. um he's he's got the ability um to really help this squad for quality of depth so that's the one that really piqued my interest when you know twitter was alight with all of these arsenal things left and right um if kai Havertz is on the market i think arsenal should take him <laughs> that's the bold statement like this video if you're enjoying it and kai Havertz to arsenal that is something i think is going to happen too bretson for 60 million to 70 that's a bold, huh? bold investment. Arsenal, until this summer, they haven't spent more than 60 million pounds on a transfer with Arteta. Gabi Jesus is the yeah. most expensive transfer. I think they're going to break the bank for Declan Rice. And now Havertz will be more expensive than Jesus. Which, therefore, oh, funny little fact start. Funny, yeah, funny little fact there. Kai Havertz, just three years ago, when he joined <laughs> Chelsea... He was also a club record signing at that point in time. So oh. at some point, you as a club have to cross the Rubicon in this really inflated, overinflated uh, transfer market environment. And Arsenal is going to have to do that this year based on the success that they had well last said, season. That's um, well said. Yeah. And now you see Enzo, <laughs> which yeah. Chelsea oh fans gosh. be happy about that. <laughs> Well, Chelsea yeah. outings this summer, they're going to get more than $200 million with transfers and yes, salary sir. being released. With Ziyech leaving, Dowdy. with Kai Havertz, Mason Mount, with Edward Mendy, Kolebali, Kovacic, Gallagher, Kukurela. All players that Kante. are going to leave. Oh, Kante even. Kante getting $100 million with a smile on his face that I love yes. it. But to stay, <laughs> but to stay guaranteed players in the next three oh. years i believe chelsea will keep a player like enzo reese james mm -hmm. and kunku that will be big ben wabadia shile i think he's showing great signs too so these are the players that they have to invest in that are guarantees in the 11 which enzo come yeah. on
And Caicedo. <sighs> if Caicedo <sighs> goes to Chelsea, mm -hmm. it will be beautiful for Equatorian fans. Independiente del Valle went bold. Kendri Paez joining him too yeah. in the future. It's beautiful to see that Ecuador has mad talent. Kendri Paez can become one of the best Equatorian players ever. He's got that potential in him. And that's why Chelsea spent big on him. The youngest goal scorer in the Under-20 World Cup. And with Caicedo yeah. coming. It's beautiful. beautiful. With Caicedo coming. And, and, and I think that they are attempting to address the nine position. Which is obviously... Uh, it's pretty clear that... Not Boli necessarily. But Pochettino doesn't necessarily see... Uh, a clear nine favorite right now. I think all of us don't, right? Havertz was used up there. Uh, Broha obviously got injured. Uh, Datra Fofana is probably not really... I, I don't know why he was signed in the first alone. place. No, alone, um, alone. But, but, yeah, and Datra right. Fofana alone. I hope. Yeah, they'll, they'll go out. They'll go out. But they're likely going to be bringing in somebody that I thought was perfect for a backup nine role at Real Madrid, right? If Benzema stayed. And that is Nicholas Jackson, okay? And if you don't know the story of Nicholas Jackson, it's okay. Why? Because it literally just started. The story just started. It's honestly been like the last six, seven months. For something under his skin just kind of, I don't know, set himself alight form-wise when Senegal, he made the one-time switch to Senegal, he got called up for the World Cup, didn't really play that much at the World Cup, but after he came back <laughs> from there to Villarreal, he became possibly, I was saying it previously, I don't think this is a joke, he was the most informed striker in La Liga. That Probably that second half of the season, or at least the final months of that season. Nicholas Jackson? Because he's got... That's bull. Yeah. That's a bull Yeah, statement. I mean, he's got like... I think he's got nine goals, nine, nine goals, three assists in his last nine games for club and country. And uh, he was on fire. I mean, there's only been one one game, I think, for Villarreal up until the end of the season over the last two, two and a half months that he didn't have a goal involvement in. He was all over the place. Whoa. He was scoring. So for Chelsea to bring him in because he does have a... it's. It's relatively simple business for them. If you're going to spend 20 million on Kazadeh and not play him for several years, you can 15, you can 15. spend 10 million more to get a little depth, right? Yeah, to get a little depth for uh, for Nicholas with Nicholas Jackson, um, and he showed it the other day. Uh, he had a wonderful hold up play uh, for um, for Senegal uh, in their goal uh, against Benin. Um, and he's just, he's a really, really good striker that I think it's too soon to give a full nine position in the Premier League to. But I wouldn't be surprised if he actually shows up, sets the Premier League alight. I wouldn't be surprised. I like that. I like that. I wouldn't bet on that. And Nicholas yeah. Jackson, he's coming for 35 mm -hmm. million if he comes to Chelsea. That is a bargain. Yeah. If you see the landscape with the prices at striker. Rasmus Vinterolin's being asked a hundred million to leave Atalanta. So... They're signing a prolific striker for 35, Chelsea. I think that's not bad. And considering you're getting Nkunku too, the top goal scorer mm -hmm. in the Bundesliga, and he was like injured four to five months or even more last season, I think like in terms of goals, the answers are going to mm -hmm. come. But Broja, that yeah. was a nice topic you mentioned. I hope he goes out on loan. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens. And Fofana most definitely deserves a loan. And Casade, 15 million, the MVP. Yeah. <laughs> The MVP 
of the Under-20 World Cup and the top goal scorer of the Under-20 World Cup, Casade, is going to be a full bet in preseason for Pochettino or maybe loaned out yeah. to a Premier League team, which he completely deserves that. Seven goals in the World Cup. Absolutely. Andre Santos and Paez all cost Chelsea uh. $45 million. So that, this Dude, summer oh, yeah. of Todd Boyley will be remembered at least for, with some positives. Malagusto coming sure. to next season. So, yeah, yeah Benoit and, and then a lot of these bad. guys, yeah. yeah, and a lot of these guys will have full preseasons under their belt, right? Instead of just being thrown into the fire, as Mikhailo Mudrik was, as Noni Madueke was when he made the move. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna look at Chelsea obviously with a still you know side eye of some sort because I don't necessarily trust Bowley, uh, but I just think he came in and was a little giddy, writing blank checks left and right. But that doesn't mean that they haven't assembled a very nice uh, collection of talent that can definitely you know get back to top four uh this particular season so uh, who i'm most excited about is i think mikhailo mudrik uh and noni Matoweke, uh obviously not transfers but they still feel very new mm -hmm. um they're both going to be at the u21 euros which start this coming week um and I, i'm i'm very excited to see them get some confidence get some legs under them uh and then transition that into the preseason with chelsea um so i hope it goes well and i am rooting a anyone that has you know hurt us i know i've been tongue-in-cheek about mikhailo mudrik previously but i i am rooting for this kid to uh take all those physical talents and take what we have seen as glimpses so far and I'm rooting for him to take the Premier League by storm next season. I so would love well for to see it happen. Those, that, those he, assists, he really did. Like, he really did. Yeah. <laughs> Mudrik, like, I, I really believe, like, the speed on Mudrik, the creativity, the pass, the yeah. finishing that can be sharpened. Mudrik, in terms of potential, is world-class. But we got to yeah. see what the right team. Enzo is guaranteed world-class. Look at this man mm -hmm. for Argentina. He's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So if Chelsea go bold in the transfer window the right way, Let's see what happens. Tell us but, down below like, what you believe with Pochettino, because yeah. a lot's going to be one, happening. Absolutely, and I, and I just want to say that there's a there's a there's a wrinkle here that was not there when you and I had been arguing about Chelsea previously, mm -hmm. because you were talking about like, well, there's a lot of people that have to leave, and yeah, damn right, there's a lot of people that have to leave, but who? What wasn't there previously was what, the Saudi League. Mm -hmm. Right. The Saudi league that has come in and they're going to give a pretty penny to basically anyone that you will throw out there that is living, breathing and is seen as a decent footballer and wants to make the uh, the trip to to Saudi Arabia. Um, and that is a wonderful development uh, for anyone trying to offload relatively decent players that no longer fit their tactical mold. Or if you're trying to refresh your entire squad like a certain Todd Bowley is. Um, that was not there six months ago. Well, it is now. It's, but, but considering that still, they're still going to get mad money yeah. for Mason Mount. They're still going to get Kai Havertz mad money. It's more than $100 yeah. million for those two. So I think it's Chelsea's huge. rebuild is inevitable. And Pochettino, let's see what happens with him. But definitely a uh, big summer too for Man United, which there will there be a takeover of Qatar? Because if we see a Qatar takeover with Man United, I fully believe they're going to spend like 200, more than 200 million in the transfer window. But if not, a striker. I've got doubts. Exactly. Man United are absolutely desperate to sign a striker. And the more time passes, the less likely Harry Kane is going to go there. And we already see yeah. Rasmus Winterholen news to Man United that's saying 100 yeah. million. No way. 
No way. He's an amazing talent, but no way. I try 50 million maybe and a loan deal with Ahmad Diallo, former Atalanta yeah. prospect. That would maybe entice them. And I think that would be a good deal. But let's see. Yeah. Let's see. I, I, I'm with you there. I love I love Rasmus Winterholen. I saw him and immediately loved him uh, when he moved to the Austrian Bundesliga mm -hmm. uh, and really started to to just take it over. Um, and then to hit the ground running in Syria is no small business. So, uh, but is he worth a hundred million? Absolutely not. Not at this moment in time. Now, listen, Harry Kane is an interesting thing, right? Mm -hmm. Harry Kane is something I've been wrestling with and I could see him. I can actually picture it. I can picture him in the red shirt. I could picture him at Old Trafford. I mean, it's, it, it just seems right. I don't think in his mind it's right. I honestly believe that, that the, table has turned to where it might be that harry kane is a one club man you oh. know we all talk about it like we want a ryan Giggs, right we want a paul Scholes, although i know paul Scholes played elsewhere for a little while we want you know nicky butt right we want players that you know bleed and and stay with one club forever and ever well you know don't knock harry kane if that's exactly what he wants um and i i just the more we don't see actual real news about it harry kane doesn't seem like the type of person that does this like last minute type of big move type of thing mm -hmm. he's he's the guy that gets it done maybe early on so he can get a full preseason in with his new club he looks at ease in england's camp i don't think he's got some big you know, mental gymnastics that has to happen in the next six, uh, in the next month or two, uh, for a new club. I think he's staying at, at, at uh, Tottenham. And if he doesn't, it, I think it's a win-win situation here. It's a win for Spurs, uh, and big Ange who just took over at Spurs if he stays, obviously. Um, but it's, it's, I don't know, maybe it's a, it's a win for win. him. It's a huge win for it, big Ange getting the Kulusevsky deal huge. for 30 million, keeping yeah. Son, and keeping Harry uh, Kane as it seems. Like, I don't, I hope, I really yeah. hope he doesn't stay, Breton. Because Kane deserves titles. The top goal scorer ever of England's national team. The second yeah. highest goal scorer in the Premier League history. Please go yeah. to Man United and give them a reason to win the Prem against Man City. Man City is terrifying for Man United right now. They are desperate yep. for a player like Kane at number nine. They need a number nine that is world-class Man United. And if they don't get him, well, Man City will keep dominating. In my opinion, Manchester. It yes. just will be the yeah. deal. It can't, I can't, I, and, and again, I think Axel Dizazi, that's a great transfer for centre-back. It puts this agenda of Maguire to leave even more, even more like being a necessity. Uh, but yeah. come on, it needs to be better options. I see Bruno going bold for Portugal. I want to see him going bold consistently, consistently with a number nine in front of him. Mm -hmm. And if they don't get that done, it's going to be the same old chit-chat. A midfield of Mason Mount, Casemiro, Bruno, unbelievable. But we need better replacements, like not McTominay and Fred, and a number nine yeah. in front of them in order to win a Premier League. Eric Ten Hag is doing, ma is doing magic, but it, there's a limitation towards this. That is Pep Guardiola hey, and Man City. That's are, it. Are you disrespecting Scott McTominay, top of his UEFA Euro qualifying, uh, leader of Scotland, <laughs> uh, four goals, uh, top goal scorer in Euro qualifying? I am. Scott
Scott McTominay. I know, I, I know you are. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding too. Because, but we'll we'll talk about Scotland in a little yes. bit, which it's pretty amazing what they did. But Scott McTominay definitely has to leave. I'm full agreement with you there. And that's the thing here is, I don't see any full answer uh, in you know, Kabi Mainu, right? Uh, Garnacho. Um, they've got some really good you know midfielders, some width, some depth players, some guys that will grow into potentially really, really good, impactful players. But up top, Charlie McNeil, I don't I don't see it in their academy. Anyone that's gonna get chances while they try search for the best striker. And that's the thing here is right now the striker market is just so overinflated, Fuck. in my opinion. Fuck. And that the only one that probably gives you guarantees if you're gonna spend that much money is Harry King. Not Amy. So <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but 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 Taremi yeah, in the Premier League, we'll see. I, I think I, I am in full agreement that he probably beast. transitioned pretty well. But Harry, think about it, man. Harry Kane with of Mason course, Mount, yes, yes. Uh, with Bruno Fernandes. I mean, it, it just, that that would eat. No, that would no, eat. I completely um, agree. And that's why Man United, shush. they need to eat. Because Man City isn't yeah. stopping eating. They're going <laughs> to, the way I see it is, Man City is going to let go of Kinsil. They're going to let go of Gundogan. They maybe yeah. they're going to let go of Bernard Silva. They're going to let go of Kyle Walker. And yet, they're my favorites to win the Premier League next season. Like, it has yeah. to be. It has to be Pep Guardiola once again being the favorite. Because who's going to come in with Man City? Right. I see Kovacic. I see Joshko mm -hmm. Kvardiol. Joshko Kvardiol coming to Man City with this John Stones, Rodri, Akanji, Hake, Ruben Dias formation. That's scary. Because yeah. he played fullback in the Euros, in the past Euros for Croatia. Yeah. And Kovacic, Croatian too, in the mix. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's like, it's like the team chemistry, Guardiola just knows what he's doing. And I want to give a special, special yeah, mention sure. before sure. Ruben Dias. Ruben mm -hmm. Dias is officially the best centre-back in the Premier League. It's no debate anymore. Three seasons he's been at Man City, three Premier Leagues, one semi-final and two finals in the Champions Leagues. In the meantime, he's won one League Cup, one FA Cup. He cannot stop winning. Ruben Dias is the difference in the centre-back and the John Stones position yeah. too. Wanted to give that special credit to him. And if you're gonna if you're gonna give credit there, I mean, how do you feel about Virgil Van Dyke over the weekend? I mean, that was pretty <laughs> tough to see. Just confirm I think. what I said, uh, mate. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, but um, hey, I, I think the Manchester City, they're they've gotten so much smarter at who they target, who they bring oh. in. They're they're not really clandestine about it. They're not like secret. Mm -hmm. it, it it it's just Gavardio makes too much sense. Exactly. Um, Kovacic, I think, is just a wonderful, wonderful addition. A guy that's won previously, that that knows how to play at a high level, that is relatively consistent, that when given uh, his best support, was Chelsea's best player uh, more often than not, and can go into beast mode, much like Gundogan sometimes, right? Um, and it just fits that mold. He's the mold of a winner. Um, I, I, I just love it. I love it. And I love it too much to the point where, like, maybe there's a counterpoint here, Alex. Maybe we're giving him too much credit. And there's some big wrench that's thrown into the uh, the mix uh, come next season. But, yeah, until Pep proves otherwise, uh, Manchester City can't be anything but the favorites for the I Premier League next season. I think Pep Guardiola so. turned Erling Haaland into a top three player in the Ballon d'Or. He was world class <laughs> yeah. at Dortmund. But now it's confirmation with this European treble. 
Erling Haaland, yeah. definitely top three. And I didn't ask you this last podcast. What would be your top uh-huh. three of the Ballon d'Or? My number one is Erling Haaland. Number two, Lionel yes. Messi. Number three, I'll give yeah. it to Mbappé with Vinicius Jr. getting the fourth. First time ever, right. he'll be in the top ten of the Ballon d'Or. Wanted to see that. Yeah. Embarrassing last season not being there. Poof. It's true. It's true. It's true. I would actually go with the exact same um, thing. And, and more so, like, I love Vinicius and I, would, I love what he's done. But let's not forget what Mbappe did in the World Cup. True. Um, you know, and I know he wasn't able to get it over the finish line. But my goodness, uh, he was absolutely insane for France um, time and time again. Uh, and it's just so historic in nature um, the mm-hmm. way, you know. It just, I don't know. He just craves these types of moments, kind of like a Messi, kind of like a Ronaldo, and kind of like a Holland now. Except, I guess what Pep Guardiola, or I'm sorry, what Erling Holland is going to need is he's probably going to need Pep Guardiola uh, to maybe take over the uh, the Norwegian national team soon. Uh, because <laughs> SOS, they need let's help. Let's see. Let's see. They Oof. need they need help, yes. But with Liverpool, I just want to say that Liverpool signed McAllister. Big transfer mm-hmm. for 35 million pounds that's a bargain in my opinion with that release clause that great yeah, don't piss me off McAllister has <laughs> but too I cheap. to ask you too cheap. who would you rather get for Liverpool Manu Kone or Kefri Turam mm-hmm. who would be better mm-hmm. because if they're signing a type of midfielder like this they're only going to get one yeah. of them who would you get well listen Kefri Kefri Turam is the sexier pick right now but Manu Kone um Gladbach as a whole kind of fell apart near the end of the season, Manu Kone has been just a stalwart for them. Um, constantly at the top uh, of of the majority of, you know, ball possession, ball winning statistics in uh, the Premier League, progressive passes, things like that in the Premier League. I'm sorry, in the Bundesliga. Uh, and he's young as well. He's a little older than Kefren Turam, but I think Manu Kone is the better pick at this moment. Uh, but Kefren Turam, obviously, is, his stock has risen so much. Uh, relatively recently, and you, you can't argue the pedigree there. Um, but I, I wonder, somebody's got to ask Marcus, because Marcus Turam is uh, a teammate, or was a teammate of Manu Kone, um, and obviously Marcus Turam is the older brother of Kefren Turam. Um, I think he'd go with blood in this moment, saying he's the better pick, uh, but Manu Kone, I think he knows how good and how special of a ball carrier Manu Kone is. So... I'm going to say Manu Kone for Liverpool next to McAllister would be huge. Like huge. Li- like Liverpool next season in terms of midfield. Trent must must yeah. transition to yeah. midfield. They get a McAllister yes. for 35 million. They can get Manu yeah. Kone or Kefri Thuram. And I'd get Gabri mm-hmm. Vega with a 35 mi- 34 million release clause. Why not? Which is a, a bargain. A bargain to get. So Klopp's midfield. All my favorite names. It's solved. Klopp's midfield yeah, is solved. McAllister and Gabby Vega need, being there. Oh, you only God. needed a you only needed a terrible season to get there. But uh, <laughs> but uh, look at the free know. agents market though. The free agents mm-hmm. in this market this summer. A lot of old players, yes, but a lot of experience comes with that. With Kudoga, sure. which is world class still. Mm-hmm. Di Maria. They have Busquets, Firmino. Sergio Ramos, Jordi Alba, De Gea, Isco, Ramos. Look at the amounts of free agents that are available. Yeah. A lot will be going to the MLS or to the Saudi League too. So let's wait That's and true. see what's going to happen That's with true. that. But don't forget to put in the comment section below transfers that we forgot in the Premier League and go bold and like this video too. But you said international yeah. football, Brenton. Oh my. Oh my. Let's start on your end because I've got some things to say with the U.S. U.S. men's national team talk 
We have to talk, Bretton. Greg Berhalter's mm. thing? Embarrassing. Mm. Em look at the mm -hmm. time wasted by the U.S. Men's mm -hmm. National Team Board of Directors. Who made the choice of Greg Berhalter? They're on the spotlight now because that is a mistake, in my opinion. Jesse Marr yeah. should have been the minimal expectations for the U.S. Men's National Team job. Berhalter happening yeah. is a mistake because Pepe wasn't called up for the World Cup. And Reina... Reina only played 52 minutes in this World Cup because yeah. of Berhalter. What does this say about the future? I Can we just start with the positives first, please? <laughs> we, we're doing, okay, so right now, an old Philadelphia Union uh, assistant coach uh, is, is at the helm of the U.S. men's national team, and uh, they just beat Mexico in the CONCACAF Nations League semifinal, and I don't mean they just beat them. I, I, they, they, they dusted them. They yeah, they man. destroyed them. Christian Pulisic looked like a like the Terminator out yeah, there. Yeah. Um, Faler and Balogun got a taste of things. Gio Reyna looked absolutely phenomenal, and it was an interim coach that was coaching them. One so the let the players Mexico play. Teams. Now One of the weakest Mexico it, teams I've seen in the last ten it, years. It was, and that and that's a that's a whole other conversation here. And I do have to <laughs> say it, and I will say it right now. You know, as somebody that at least I respect the Mexican team, I respect. Uh, how good and how consistently good they've been for years. That performance um, was an absolute embarrassment for Mexican supporters. There's no way to defend that. And I don't know how Diego Coca, uh, their new coach, mm -hmm. um, even survives that. Because if that type of performance ever happened on our end, you better believe we'd be calling for whoever. I don't care if it's like the kit man that's in charge of the U.S. Uh, team. We'd be calling for his head. So um, I don't know what it's going to take. But Mexican fans... Um, at some point, you need to stop chanting the stuff that you chant, and you need to instead maybe, I don't know, hold your federation's feet to the fire and expect more, because there's no doubt that if you look at the trajectory of the Mexican footballing federation right now, what? that they're in a standstill. They're not doing anything. You should say the Something same for the US. No, I should with, not. With the we manager. are at the early stages. What happened well, with that? If you're getting an outsourced company to I'm, make the decision sure. who is the manager of the U.S., the Federation yeah. isn't confident in themselves to do that call. Yeah. And that's not good. But the, play, but the player pool is infinitely better as it stands. Okay, yeah. The player pool is early stages. The player pool hasn't even really been scraped. And you've got guys that just own Mexico as of late own mexico as of late okay i mean they've beaten them like what six times now i don't know it's it's almost getting dizzying because it used to be that i would approach usa mexico with a with a feeling in the pit of my stomach like who's it going to be is it going to be jared borghetti is it going to be lozano who's it going to be that's going to just just take my face and rub it in the you know in the mud uh is it going to be ochoa again ochoa is too slow and they're still calling him up <laughs> They're still calling him up. I don't get it. So I feel for Mexico. But at the same time, I agree with you. Completely uh, the wrong call. And they hired Matt Crocker, whatever his name is, from Southampton. You're right. They brought in a board or something to look over things. And these guys were almost unanimous on bringing back Greg Berhalter. And listen, Greg Berhalter, is com he's a capable coach. Oh but here's God. what I think. Greg Berhalter took them as far as they could go. Exactly. And now was the time to, to find somebody that can take them farther, that can unlock the players, because when the players are left to their own devices, when the players are allowed to play the, the way that they know how, when the players are not uh, reduced to favoritism, 
right? And bringing in players that are not good enough in favor of bringing in Balogun earlier or bringing in uh, guys like Zendejas earlier. Pepe. That's probably not the best. Pepe earlier and letting these guys shine. Yeah. I, I don't I don't understand it. And Burhalter uh, has some pride swallowing to do. And all I can say is what's what's more scary is it it feels weird in that over the last two weeks you've seen things leaked right christian pulisic in a in an interview is like hey you know greg berhalter deserves so much credit for our cohesion as a team and <laughs> and you've got even ricardo pepe saying i'm i'm happy he comes back wow. i mean it feels like they're just trying to whitewash it and it it doesn't feel right in my opinion but at the same time if berhalter's back um, I hope he's learned his lessons and I hope he's ready to go because this supporter, this supporters group, the supporters, uh, the people that, that follow this team religiously, um, they expect more and they Look. expect better and they expect transparency. And Burhalter did not give it to us the first time. So he better damn well do it the second time. Uh, otherwise he'll be gone. He'll be gone well before this world cup qualifying campaign st starts. And I, I, I hope so. I, I hope certainly so. hope so. Because, like, I think from what you're saying, it was the big decision yeah. of the players, the top players of the U.S. men's national team, to keep Bellhalter. As it seems, Pulisic, McKenney, Tyler Adams, Matt Turner, all these players must love Greg Bellhalter because that must be the only reason this man stays. Because if Pulisic is playing like that, like Pulisic yeah. is in the CONCACAF best player conversation against Alfonso Davis if he's playing like he played against Mexico. But if not, yeah. <laughs> not even close. And look, we'll I, see, man. I don't like it, man. Mm. I don't like it because I don't either. The, the youth deserves better. The, the fact mm. that U.S. men's national team has players like Sergino Desta. Look, look at the confidence against Mexico. Gio Reyna, Pepe, Musa. Musa Scali looks great. And even a player like Wea that is absolutely vital for this U.S. team. They deserve better, in my opinion. I want to reiterate that. But if that's yep. the case, Bretton, that the leaders of the squad want him, let's wait and see. Mm. Do you have any last thoughts on that, though? Like, I can't uh, believe oh, yeah. it still. I can't believe uh, it still. Jesse Marshall, it, it, it is. It was very deflating because, uh, of course, that news dropped as USA-Mexico was kicking off. Um, and and yet Greg Berhalter will not be on the sideline when USA plays Canada. Unfortunately, we are filming this before the USA-Canada final, where it will be Davies and Jonathan David versus all of the aforementioned players. Mm -hmm. um, but but uh, the one thing that always encourages me is the quality of player. And what I got most worried about, even before this Burhalter news, was why is it that Sergino Dest is just given like a six-month sabbatical to sit on the sideline at AC Milan, right? Why? You saw in that USA-Mexico game that he's perfectly capable. Is he the best defender? No. Does he fit a mold that literally a lot of clubs out there could utilize? 100%. Is he still young? Absolutely. Yunus Musa had a bad end of the season for Valencia. But my goodness, the, the guy's barely 20. I think he's going to he's going to kill it for a while. So I am very encouraged by the player pool. I, I hope that it's not so much the manager. Like, was it uh, what's his name? Was it Del Bosque more than it was uh, Xavi? Um, what's his name? Xavi, Guardiola. Iniesta and Busquets, mm -hmm. you know, was, was it, it Guardiola right? more in of an influence? Of, or of Del yes, right. So a, a lot of that is what I can fall back on, but I obviously know that there are a lot of diehards out there that are incredibly pissed 
and understandably so. And I hear them. I 100% hear them. Um, but Bolligan very clearly had to have had a conversation with Burhalter. Had to have had a conversation with Burhalter. He wouldn't have just been like, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to the guy that used to be an assistant coach and whatever, who's going to be your interim coach. Bolligan is in it to stay. He got his first taste of CONCACAF and he's not yet running for the exit. So that's a good sign. Um, and I think Balogun in his debut, uh, a lot of people didn't see a goal. They didn't see an assist. What's up with that? Valerian Balogun does a whole lot more uh, that meets the eye. And if you watched him, you see that the reason why Christian Pulisic, the reason why Gio Reyna uh, was given so much time on the ball and the ability to take on defenders is because Balogun sucks in so many defenders. Sure. And I cannot wait to see that take part, uh, not in the Gold Cup, because he's not part of that, but in World Cup qualifying and other big tournaments, hopefully the Copa America uh, in the future. So that's it. Uh, high and immensely bullish on the player pool. Very, very disappointed that this is who we decided to re-announce and to do it in such a bizarre and stupid fashion. Exactly. But ultimately, I have to believe in the player pool. And if they really do want Burhalter and they're not all brainwashed, then they know better. And I, I no, hope they that don't. they can... I'm sorry, Bretson. I, I know. They don't. Yeah. Jesse Marsh minimal. I'm going to end it by that yeah. on saying, I yeah. think the players shouldn't have the final call in this. I think it should yeah. be a standpoint of even Bielsa would have been better. But Bielsa would have said no because he went to Uruguay, though. But Jesse Marsh sure. annoys me that he didn't go. Even Patrick Vieira I would have preferred yeah. than Greg Ballhalter. New blood, new testing yeah. waters, new formations, yeah. new, new, newity. And this is what this now's players the, need. They need experience. Yeah, now's the, now is the time to do it. I'm, exactly. I'm with you. Even Thierry. I give it to Thierry ahead of Greg Berhalter again. Henri's been doing great for the U.S. with the CBS Sports Colasso. Love that. Look at the punditry, even giving advice to Erling Haaland. He's more than but, capable but, to doing the, uh, the the U.S. men's national team job, in my opinion, man. Like, oh, my days, it's mad. It's just mad, mad we'll situation. We'll see. We'll see what happens. People, I, I tell would, us yeah. in the comment section below. Yeah. Your decisions with the U.S. and like this video for more videos just like this. Whoa, Please. but mm. Portugal. <laughs> I was a bit skeptical about Martinez. Okay. I agree. Mm. I am going to start by okay. saying that. But three games, we got 13 goals scored, zero goals suffered. I want to reiterate, zero goals suffered. I know it's Bosnia, Luxembourg, and Liechtenstein. But zero goals, uh -huh. Portugal hasn't suffered. And Pelinha has always started with Roberto Martinez. And I got to love that. One of the best CDMs in the world. Defensively, he's definitely top five. Definitely top five, João Pelinha. And now it's undeniable that he's talented. We spoke about him to be the starter in the Euros two years uh -huh. ago. And now he's got it locked. More than deserved. Yep. That's my first praise. Yep. <laughs> my first yeah. moment with, with Portugal. But I'm a bit... I hope Rafael Leon plays with Iceland. Like, why didn't Rafael Leon play? We needed a player yeah. like him. Like, I... I'm, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, does everybody share your sentiment? I mean, if I comb through, say, Twitter, which I know is an echo chamber, and I know it can be a little bit <laughs> overly salty at times... But if I comb through there, it seems like there's more negatives about that win against Bosnia uh, than there were positives. I mean, you should be happy. What, it was three zip in the end? Uh, and and in the end, you would think that you guys you guys drew. Well, you know, based on formation and structure, 
I think it was a positive. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of impressing, okay. that we weren't so dominant. We should have been more lethal. We should have made goals in situations that we didn't. I agree with that. But I see structure. I see, look, I love Portugal is so lucky for the defenders that are under 23 that we have. Diogo Costa, Nuno Mendes, Antonio Silva, and then a leader next to them with Ruben Dias that he's still young, winning European troubles. We have an elite situation in our hands. And I'm not even mentioning Diogo Leite, uh, David Carmo, Tomás Araújo that is getting traction now. We got so yep. much talent in defense. And that's how you win championships. Solving the defense. Portugal are locked in with these players. And we are going to yep. go bold in the World Cup, Bretton. I completely believe in us now. I really believe that we wow. can do something. Diogo Costa, Antonio Silva. Yeah. Or the and the Euros yeah. too. I see World Cup. Yeah, I see Euros, the Euros, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, of course. Well, I, I do see. I mean, the the depth the depth is just ridiculous. When I just saw before we even got on here, I saw your U twenty one Euros roster, mm -hmm. right? And <laughs> the golden ball winner from two years ago is literally back. Uh, Fabio Vieira, right? Fabio Vieira is back. Uh, you've got João Neves. You've got um, Fabio Silva up front. I mean, you've got a lot of Pedro these guys Nets. that it's. So Pedro Neto, yep, up top. A lot of these guys you would have expected to maybe have graduated, but the depth is just kind of filling out. Uh, Very true. Almost, almost ridiculously, actually. And not only that, uh, it's not PSG. Vitinha is not part. It's Vitinha Marseille, right? Yes, Marseille's yes, Vitinha yes, 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 yes. is in a district. Okay. <laughs> so I just needed to, my, my head was thinking Vitinha PSG, and then I'm like, wait a second. I think it's the other guy. But do you think that they have enough, uh, and I know this is a departure, but mm. Roberto Martinez is going to be picking from this crew at some point. João Neves, I know you've mentioned previously. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they have what it takes to get over the line, uh, what they couldn't get done two years ago against Germany I in the U21 Euro? I think we're one of the favorites. I think 100% cool. Portugal is one of the favorites in the under-20 Euros, just like I think yeah. we're one of the favorites in the next Euros, in the next year. Portugal, in terms of talent... I'm so happy yeah. that the big academies in Portugal and the development done by the Federation, the unity in all these groups, it's all done by the Fed Portuguese Federation. Since they're That's in their great. under 15, they're all next to each other. They're all in ma so many sporting camps together. It's great to see that the product of that unity is now showing mm -hmm. with like players like Diogo Leite, Diogo Dalo, being great friends, Diogo Costa player groups like you can i can I really that. feel like that there's no enemies in the portuguese national yeah. team a bit like england yeah. contrasting mm. with the england's of the past now england mm. suck and phone and really good friends you see a bit of jack Grealish bantering with anyone portugal is like that too you see more more smiles than in the past like yeah. it's more of a united it, group and i think ronaldo it, is doing a great job. Cristiano Ronaldo with Roberto Martinez is playing good football. Yes, Gonçalo yeah. Ramos is inevitably going to get that position, in my opinion, in, in a Euro situation. Inconsistency in games. I think he'll start. Mm -hmm. But Cristiano Ronaldo has inspired our nation to do better. Every day he does better with Portugal, I believe. So I'm really happy to see that. I'm really happy to okay, see that. Okay, well... Well, who's, you know, serious question here. Who's going to do the same with Norway? Because Norway... <laughs> wait, but, but Norway, wait, 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 wait. Still, no, no. Cristiano Ronaldo's going to have 200 games 
for, uh, for yes. Portugal when he plays against Iceland. Nobody's done that for <laughs> Norway. Erling Haaland is still getting started at 22. I get, I get you. But Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. is still like the icon. And Cristiano Ronaldo brought Portugal two major trophies, like with the Nations yeah. League and the Euros 2 in the past. I really believe we can, we can get a third with the Euro spot. Por favor, Cristiano Ronaldo, make that happen. Dreams come true with him. And Cristiano Ronaldo solidified Portugal. And we have a football heritage now in football. We had Figo, yeah. Eusebio, Paleta, Deco, Rui Costa, big names in the past. But Ronaldo mm -hmm. has made us front runners. Like, yeah. like huge, a huge nation in football. Wanted to see. Yeah, and... I know, I know I'm mildly joking about the Holland reference, but yeah, you, we widely see Holland and Mbappe as kind of taking the torch and running with it, right? And Holland and Norway are essentially at the exact same crossroads where there's this collection of talent that grew up together for the most part, uh, played together for the most part, and my goodness, they still can't figure it out. Well, Ronaldo did get them over that line. Obviously, I think you guys have, have more of a footballing heritage than Norway ever did previous to this, right? But... Norway can't even hold on to a lead uh, to Scotland. But, but like, in Norway. <laughs> I get you. I get you, though. But, but Brun Fernandes, I want to talk about him too, mentioning him. Yeah. Brun Fernandes against Bosnia. Two goals, one assist. Brun Fernandes mm -hmm. in his last 10 games to Portugal. He's got seven goals, six assists. These are unreal stats. The Portuguese Magnifico. Bernard Silva and Brun Fernandes play together for Portugal. Manchester. Manchester rivals. But together for yep. Portugal national team. We are so lucky yeah. for this player pool. And that's why I'm going to say we really are contenders to make it happen. And we even have the top entertainer. The top entertainer in the internet broke the internet speed by meeting oh Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo. Yeah. Such a wholesome moment. Completely deserved that. And huge, huge thank you to Bradley and to Rafael Leo that they were huge in making this happen of speed meeting Cristiano Ronaldo. It broke the internet. And, like, it was his dream, and I love to see it. Obrigado, speed, por dar reconhecimento a Portugal. That's what he's doing. Yeah. He's given recognition to us, and I got to congratulate Speed for doing that. Like, the passion well, on that guy. Unbelievable. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's just hysterical. You, you have to give him credit, too, for probably making a good amount of his following previous to this. They, they're probably all footballers now, or football fans uh, now because of his Stewie comment. <laughs> uh, and, and, and then that just turned into... His yeah, life lifelong quest. You know, this has only been what like a like a one and a half year, two year quest for him. I mean, the guy's still not even not even nineteen, From not even March twenty years old yet. He got the donation of Bradley to now meeting Christian Ronaldo in June. There you go, guys. That is all you have to do. That is all you have to do is start a YouTube channel. And, no, just kidding. It's it is it's insane. The scope. The scope and the size of his following and, and the people that follow his his insanities and i guess he's fallen in love uh, fallen in love with portugal exactly uh i do know that feeling i do know that feeling Cause so because he, um, <laughs> he knows we're winning cool. the world Very cup cool. in 2026 speed speed knows he that might. just like he me your course antonio silva he Nunes, world-class player potential in their positions we're just getting started and rafael Leão, yeah. joan felix joan neves vidinha mm. so much talent 
I, yeah. I go crazy. But okay. people, do you agree with me? Like this video if you do. Put in the comment section if or what Portugal can win. And two, your statements about Portugal. Do you agree with what I'm saying? Or do not? Tell us in the comments section. Mm -hmm. Thank you for going bold. But you mentioned Norway. You said Norway. Yeah. It is so true. And Erling Haaland at 22, he's got 24 games for Norway, 22 goals, and two assists at the age of 22. He's already an icon for Earl, uh, for Norway. And why did you sub him at the end? The turnaround happened with Scotland after they sub him. He must have been mad in the locker room i can't even imagine isn't there isn't there a, isn't there a saying that uh offense is the best defense sometimes <laughs> especially when you're playing at home against a team that you probably should be able to manage in some capacity True. um i mean having holland out there is a big kind of like fly trap i mean the defenders have to flock to him they can't commit too many men forward um in the waning minutes of the moment in the waning min minutes of the game at home and Norway, like this isn't this isn't a one-time let up. They are winless in three. Their ability to potentially qualify for the Euros is already in danger three games in. Okay. Whereas Scotland nine have to points. be given some sort of credit because they are nine points and they are at the tippy top of the table and they beat Spain <laughs> and they beat Norway oh and they beat Cyprus to do this. So, yeah, there's still a long way to go with qualifying, but it is pretty crazy because this doesn't feel like a uh, like a changing of the guard. Erling Holland and Martin Odegaard and Frederick Orsnes, they obviously have an insane collection of talent that should be at the Euros. Totally. But what is happening? Why did they allow this Scottish remontada? Why did they stub out in the 83rd minute or whatever it was, 81st yep. minute, Holland, and then the two goals came within three minutes, not even three minutes after that? Um, and I hate saying this, but if if Norway gets into a World Cup solely because we've expanded the World Cup, that is just a smack in the face to Holland, and it's a smack in the face to the collection of talent that they have. So I don't know if it's Solbakken needs to go. I don't know who needs to get uh, their butt in gear, but Holland needs to start taking it by the scruff of the neck because it's not happening in Norway right now. And Odegaard, too. I was expect. I watched the second half of yeah. that game. I was expecting Odegaard to be more involved, honestly. Yeah. And yes, too. Like, they have Solbakken in front. It's a Roma player, former Bodo Glimt, Sarlof, yep. Erling Haaland, yep. Sanderberg, Arsens, yep. Martin Odegaard. They, they got Andre Sheldrup they even could have called up. I don't know if he's under 21. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of player pool, a lot of talent. Like Norway, well, get it together, man. Get it together and like we gotta, Italy seems to be doing. I got to give <laughs> like Italy seems to be doing. Well, it, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that in two seconds because I got words mm -hmm. about that. But Scotland, man, they deserve a little credit because they have not lost a competitive game in over a year. Now, Whoa. there haven't been many games. It's been seven games or so. Uh, but ultimately, they have they've won six, I think, and they've drawn one. And Scott McTominay has turned into a top scorer. Uh, John McGinn looks as good as he looks for Villa. Uh, you've got uh, Landon Dykes was the guy that made the difference in this particular game. Um, so really, really interesting stuff there. And if Scotland can qualify out of a, out of a group with Norway and Spain in it for the Euros... My goodness. Uh, good on him. Um, and it's Billy Gilmore. Billy Gilmore Billy and McGinn. McGinn. Yeah, McGinn. McGinn, Billy Gilmore, uh, Scott McTominay, they all look different. 
with Scotland. Yeah. And you got Tierney in the mix if he's if he's not injured. Like you got a lot of talent yeah. on that. Aaron Hickey. I think Aaron Hickey yep. too. He's there. So it's, yeah. yeah, he's good. Let's see what Scotland it's can good. do. Uh, there was all, all, all uh, another shocker in the international yes. uh, scheme yeah. of things was South Africa beat Morocco. The first oh, yeah. match that Morocco played since the World Cup. So that was complete. Mm -hmm. It shook the world 2-1 South Africa by doing that. So pay attention to the African teams. Like there's some really interesting matchups happening. And I want to mention yep. the last thing on my end is Italy and Inter, most especially. Yeah. Inter, look, yeah. Inter have Di Marco, Bastoni, Barella, Acerbi, mm -hmm. the veteran at the back for Italy. The influence of this team this season is immense. So Frategi join Inter de Milan and make the right decision yeah. with that. I just wanted to say that. That Di Marco, Di Marco must what? be in the talk of best left wing backs in the world right now. Must. Yeah. He's underrated if he's not in that talk. And one of the best yeah. crossers on the ball, wanted to say. It's just it's just hard to believe. Yeah, it's only been like two seasons of consistency from Di Marco, but he has definitely proven his worth. Mm -hmm. uh, but listen, that the, the first match where Spain beat Italy, uh, Roberto Mancini, I don't what the, that lineup was just utter crap. True. Um, utter crap. I mean, no, no Di Marco was in there, right? Yep. Uh, Chiesa came off the bench. I know he came up. Uh, yeah, Spinazzola, but like Raf Rafael Todoy, uh, Bonucci, and Serbi, uh, that's, that's old and slow. Man, it doesn't mean that they're not capable, but that's old and slow. And when it comes down to it, uh, Mancini, I, I think he's losing some fans there. They came back and they played. He learned from his mistakes in that Netherlands game, the 3-2 win. Uh, but, like, come on, play the hot hands. Play the players that do some things. And when you do, Italy's interesting to watch. They really are. And, you know, the future of Willy Nanto. That's something you got to watch. Like this, first off, you got to love it. He's smaller than Messi. He's smaller than like Maradona. Uh, he's smaller than most people out there. And yet he had an impact the moment he came on the pitch for um, uh, for them versus the Netherlands. And yet he just got relegated with Leeds. It was a coup that they signed him in the first place. And he's getting no love, but there's no way he's staying in the championship, right? Mm -hmm. I agree. Nocto really needs to move. Nocto needs to move completely. And Italy, like Juve need a player like... If they're letting go of Chiesa, this is shocking for me if that's the case. Get Gnocco. Yeah, Get Gnocco. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah, wait and why see. Not? Do you have any last mentions, Bretton? Yeah, if we're going to do shocks, I got to give some love to Armenia. Armenia uh, went to Cardiff, and they beat Wales 4-2. to Okay? Um, and they kind of outran him. And I, I love it because anyone that watches Major League Soccer right now knows the name Lucas Zalarian. Uh, he is one of the best players next to Hani Mukhtar. Um, in MLS, he's one of the most consistent. <laughs> he plays for Columbus. He had two goals in that game, but uh, based on our name, FC Wonder Kid, I have to throw out a name that nobody probably knows at this moment in time. Mm. It's a Bayern product, 19-year-old striker, bigger striker. Uh, he is no longer at Bayern. He actually just signed on a free for Gladbach, which tells me he's probably going to play next season. But at 19 years old, he's got... Uh, it was his first competitive cap for Armenia, and he scores two goals against Wales in Wales, and he's now got four goals in his first two caps for Armenia. Uh, so look out for Grant Leon, uh, Grant Leon Ranos, I believe is his name. Uh, so 19-year-old striker, and it was just really interesting to see because all across the board, you expect to see the Holands, you expect to see the Gonzalo Ramoses, you expect to see all these names 
on the scoreboard. The Hollands on the scoreboard. He needed a penalty to get on the scoreboard. Um, and it winds up being Ranos with a big, I mean, beating Wales in Wales is a big deal, is it not? Especially no if you're Armenia. No bail, no party. No bail, yeah. <laughs> but, you, but come on, you've got plenty of good players on that Welsh team. But yeah, no, no I'm with you. So that that's my only other shout there. Um, and the last shout actually uh, is not in the Euro qualifiers, but if we don't say Luka, Modric is, Luka, eh, Luka Modric's name, um, his showing in that semifinal uh, to take that game uh, and turn it on top of its head, uh, assist a goal, I think he drew a penalty, he had a goal, uh, as Croatia is now one win away uh, from his potentially his yeah. first ever international trophy. And I just got to say, uh, he then also turns down a massive, massive move to Saudi Arabia um, because I think this guy only knows how to play in one gear, and that's world-class. Well, it's world-class gear. He still can play and, at that level. And I think like the Real Madrid project, he'll be one of the, the most experienced players. And when Bellingham does that press conference, he's like saying, I'll be a sponge next to Kroos and Modric. Better so be. you love to see that. If you're listening you until do. now, don't forget to like episode 110 people. Go bold in the comment section with all the topics that we discussed. And again, people, thank you, thank you, thank you so much.